my best friends. I'm Tabby. And I'm Caitlin. And today we will be discussing the Spanish love deception by Elena Armas. This um, is a love-hate situation for me. I thought there were things about it that are really, really cute. Um, and there are things about it that made me very annoyed. Yeah, so it's like, I'll talk about this later. But like, it did trick me the first time I read it. <laughs> And the second time, I was like, hmm, must be witchcraft because this was a different book. Yeah, and I feel like there are, like, there are probably moods I could be in where I would enjoy it more. Like, you know, sometimes you just want to sit down and watch, like, a Hallmark movie. And, like, that's... I've never wanted to do that. Oh, okay. Well, sometimes I want to sit down and watch a Hallmark movie. Uh, But... Like, when I was reading this book, I was not into it at the time. That's fair. That's fair. I wasn't the second time. Um, So, as always, we will start off with a synopsis of the book. And we'll also read the back of the book. Are we going to read the back of the book? Yeah, Yeah, let's fucking do it. Let's read the back of the book and we will hop into our synopsis. Yeah, and I will say the book itself is just very aesthetically pleasing. I love it. Yes, I love it so much. It's very cute. The colors are beautiful. Okay, so the back of the book. A wedding in Spain. An infuriating man. Three days to convince her family she's actually in love. Catalina Martin desperately needs a date to her sister's wedding, especially since her little white lie about her American boyfriend has spiraled out of control. Now everyone she knows, including her ex and his fiance, will be there and eager to meet him. She has only four weeks to find someone willing to cross the Atlantic and aid in her deception. New York to Spain is no short flight, and her raucous family won't be easy to fool. Enter Aaron Blackford, her tall, handsome, condescending colleague, who surprisingly offers to step in. She'd rather refuse, never has there been a more aggravating, blood-boiling, and insufferable man. But Catalina is desperate, and as the wedding draws nearer, Aaron looks like her best option. And she begins to realize that he might not be as terrible in the real world as he is at the office. So basically, you don't even need to read the book after reading the back of it. That was essentially it. (laughs) You're not wrong. It leaves nothing to the imagination. (laughs) That's that's it. But again, like predictability is something that, again, is like expected and like Hallmark movies and And Hallmark stories. And yeah, like that's just like the vibes. You're supposed to know what's coming. It's comforting. They're not giving us plot twists in a (laughs) rom-com. Yeah. Um, And if they do, it's probably upsetting, and you probably wish that they didn't. We hate that. Don't do that. I read these (laughs) to keep myself mentally not ill. So the book opens up with the man's voice telling the main character that he will be her date to the wedding. She's facing her best friend, Rosie, and asks her if this is really happening or if she's hallucinating. The main character, Catalina, or Lena for short, Awkwardly makes Rosie communicate with the man behind her, Aaron Blackford, in an attempt to annoy him and get him to leave. Like a child. Like a child. And that's a common um, thing for Lena. We'll see. So Lena and Aaron proceed to argue about whether she is desperate enough to take him as her date to her sister Issa's wedding in Spain. She is the maid of honor and her ex-boyfriend Daniel is the best man and recently engaged. Aaron leaves Lena to consider his offer and tells her not to be late for their work meeting later that morning. 
Lena relives the memory of the one time she was ever late to a meeting. Aaron was the one presenting, and she accidentally spilled coffee all over his handouts for the presentation. Ever since that day, Aaron teases her about being late and moves the coffee away from where she is seated during their meetings. Lena is extremely annoyed by the fact that he won't let her live it down. Which, honestly, it just sounds like he's flirting with you, but you're... Like, that's all (laughs) I've ever asked for. (laughs) so lena goes to her meeting with her peers so there's aaron her work nemesis of course hector who she considers to be like an uncle to her gerald who's a dickhead and kabir who's the most recent member of their team who just wants everyone to get along kabir explains that their boss jeff has chosen lena to plan and run a meet and greet event for potential clients Lena is frustrated due to her already busy work schedule and the fact that she has no experience in public relations. Gerald basically tells her that she can do it because it's just a party and women know how to host parties. He goes on to say that she won't even need to do much because she's attractive and most people will like her regardless of the quality of the event. So Lena's furious, but none of her peers stand up for her against Gerald. Gerald, classic, you, Gerald. classic <laughs> white man in the workplace. So Lena is working late to try and get an agenda plan for the event she's planning. Um, She's hungry because she had a small lunch, but decides she needs to stay and get her work done. She even turns down a meet up with Rosie at her favorite coffee shop. Lena is giving herself a little pep talk out loud when Aaron shows up to her office. He comes over to see what she's planned so far and tells her that he can help because he has prior experience in planning events. Lena watches him suspiciously, not sure why he's offering her to help, and realizes he's kind of hot. Then she mentally reprimands herself for checking him out. They argue a bit, and Lena expresses her disappointment that he didn't stand up for her against Gerald's sexist comments. He offers her a homemade granola bar since he knows she's hungry, and they continue to work together for the evening. (laughs) We stand man who can bake. Yeah, our little (laughs) patisserie. (laughs) Lena is at work again when her mother calls. They discuss what dress she will be wearing to the wedding and whether her boyfriend will be matching her. Her mom thinks she has a boyfriend because she lied about it a while back when she felt pressured about being single at her sister's wedding. (laughs) For some reason, my mom... Her mom thinks she has a boyfriend because I did lie and tell her I have a boyfriend. Um, So Lena does get the chance to set things straight when her mom asks if they're still together and if she's bringing him as her date to the wedding. But she lies again and says he's coming. Her mom asks her boyfriend's name right as Aaron walks into her office. So when Lena says Aaron's name out loud, her mom thinks that that's the name of her American boyfriend. So later, Lena is explaining all this to Rosie, who thinks it's pretty humorous. Rosie also tells Lena that she has a crush on Lucas, her cousin, and wants her to set them up together. And Lena's like, no, my cousin is a loser. Then that's (laughs) the last we ever hear about Lucas. And... Aaron shows up again because he do be popping up all over the place. And Rosie tries to dip out and leave them alone. Lena panics and then follows Rosie out of the room, refusing to speak to Aaron about whatever he wanted to say, because that is how adults work in the workforce. (laughs) Because, again, she um, does act like a 14-year-old girl. So later in the week, Lena is leaving work and it's pouring down rain. And a car pulls up and it's Aaron offering her a ride. And she's like... No, I'm not going to get in your car, of course, because she's ridiculous. Um, But eventually, like after arguing while she's standing in the rain, she does get into his car. And then they chat on the way to her apartment. uh, And when they pull up, like 
Lena's like, she can tell he's lingering. And so she's like, do you need to like use my bathroom or something? And he's like, no, I actually just wanted to talk to you about something. And so he again offers to be her date to the wedding and tells her he also needs a date for something so they could like strike a deal. And so um, they, they shake on it. They're like, okay, sounds good. Um, and so he tells her that he'll pick her up the next night and she needs an evening gown to go to this date. So the thing that's like absolutely crazy to me is that he is like, yes, this event I need you to go to is about the same as me flying to Spain for well, a week. He's like desperate to actually. I know. It's just like, that's bizarre. Um, <laughs> and Lena's like, yeah, you're right. They're pretty He's even. like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so Aaron picks her up for the date and tells her they're going to a charity event for rescue animals. Um, Aaron explains that he played college football and helps his cause every year. He also explains that the event is actually an auction for young, attractive men, such as himself. And Lena's job is to make sure that she wins the bid on him. Um, she spends the evening getting to know some of the people from Aaron's life and bids on Aaron during the auction. Um, later, they are dancing together and things get kind of tense because, of course, they're both low-key into each other. Also, something really cute about that whole scene is that she did bid on this precious, precious old man to, like, build his confidence and, like... <laughs> Ended up getting this lady to spend, like, a shit ton of money on him so she could ride on his boat. Yeah. And I thought that was the funniest scene. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. Um, And then another thing that happens during that whole shebang is she meets Aaron's like One of his best friend, friends. <laughs> but he's weird. I don't really... I don't like the vibes. Um, also, and he hits on her. Yeah. Immediately. Even though she showed up with Aaron. <laughs> Um, and then also, I think she does learn a little bit that Aaron has like um, an obviously strained relationship with his dad. I think that's mm -hmm. the first time that gets brought up. Yeah. So anyway, back at work, an announcement is made that Aaron is up for a promotion, which will make him Lena's boss. So Lena tells Aaron that he can no longer be her date to the wedding because of how it will look now that he'll be in charge of her, you know, at work. And so later in the week, Lena is working late. She hasn't been eating because she is an absolute ding dong who is trying to lose weight by not eating um, for her, her sister's little wedding. skinny legend. Um, yeah, so bad idea, but she does it and she ends up fainting in the hallway because she has hypoglycemia. So luckily, Aaron is still at work, too. So he finds her um right away and carries her to his office and then later like he's driving her home and she's still sleeping for some reason i've uh, never passed out that long when i've had like a you should spell. not lose consciousness that long um so we're just gonna say maybe she was like sleepy as well and she was napping and so um her phone is popping off because uh her sister is worried about her and so he answers the phone and then like it further solidifies the lie of her having an American boyfriend named Aaron because he's answering her phone for her. Makes sense. <clears throat> so the time has come to travel to Spain and they have had a little bit of like a flirty vibe going. Um, and Lena and Aaron will be staying together in her family's very small apartment, which is the best fucking <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> this is my favorite part of this whole book. And so Lena shows Aaron to a room with a twin size bed. It's like, yeah, here you go, you six foot four giant. Enjoy. Like, because she doesn't want to sleep in the same room as him. 
Yes. And so Aaron pulls Lena onto the bed to prove that it's ridiculously small and then breaks it. So it collapses <laughs> under his weight. And then their nosy cousin arrives and announces that she's going to be staying in the apartment with them. And so Lena's like, great. Um, because this is the cousin that like on the on the flight there, she was like, if anyone's going to find us out, it's going to be Charo. So like, keep your mouth shut around her. And then they're staying in the same apartment. Charo. <laughs> Uh, so the wedding party and guests get together to participate in the wedding cup, uh, which is like a team bride versus team groom game of soccer. Her sister and her sister's fiance are like fucking nuts. Oh, yeah. They're very competitive. Like, I would love to hang out with them. They sound super fun. And then Lena's ex-boyfriend, Daniel, is the brother of the groom. So he's the best man. Of course, he's there. And uh, that was the main reasons if you recall that lena felt pressured to bring a date to the wedding in the first place and so at this point lena hasn't really given us details about what went down but we know that he's a college professor and that he's the one who dumped her and he's also older yes he's older and so that's all the information we have so far but aaron picks up on the vibes and he's like oh that's daniel okay so he starts turning up the pda to help make daniel jealous and Lena's like, wow, that's that's kind of nice. That's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that, but we're just pretending. And so by the end of the afternoon, um, Lena is like kind of struggling with her developing feelings for Aaron because she's like, well, he's literally just acting because this is part of our deal. So I need to like quit being into it. And also during like their little soccer match, we find out that Aaron Blackford is actually built like a fucking god. Oh, um, yeah. So that was cool. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, so that evening at dinner, Issa is teasing Lena and Aaron about how in love they are. And Daniel's super uncomfortable. Um, So they mm, cry about it. Um, And they also during this time, they're like, how did you fall in love with each other? And they're like, hmm. (laughs) Well, we work together. How did we? Um, So they go to the bar after and Lena gets pretty drunk while Aaron remains nearly sober and they get to know each other better. And so the vibes are like super flirty. We love it. We love to see it. And when they get back to their room, Lena is trying to remain calm, but she's like super attracted to him. And he is getting like very vulnerable with her and admits that he wants to be with her for real and always has. And they have a super like tent, like just out of nowhere, (laughs) unprovoked. Um. (laughs) So they have this really tense moment where they want to kiss each other, but then they hear Lena's cousin in the apartment, and they snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. And Aaron admits that he's glad he didn't kiss her yet, because when he does, it's going to be real. I will say that, like... That whole scene was fake. This scene... I get what it was going for, but it did, like... I mean, I'll talk more about these kind of things later, but it did make me uncomfortable because I'm just like picturing Aaron's just like, yeah, like if if we were together for real, like I would I would mack the heck out of you right now. And then Lena's just like heavy breathing and not replying. Like, yeah, no, she's like, my skin is flushed and my <laughs> breaths are heavy. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> she's literally like not saying anything back. And it's so weird. Anyway, and also she's drunk. <laughs> yeah, she's drunk and he's not. Um, so that adds a layer. So they spend the next day with the family again, um, just celebrating the wedding. And 
Lena is positive she wants to be with Aaron. She's like, I at least she's positive that she wants to sleep with him at this point. She's like, I'm physically attracted to this man. Um, but she's still hung up on the fact that they couldn't logistically be together because of the work thing. And so she's like, that's a horrible idea. And so she goes to the restroom because she's like, um, they're, you know, talking about her and Aaron's relationship again. She gets uncomfy. And then she runs into Daniel in the hall and he's like, I just wanted to say sorry, by the way. Like, I don't think I ever said that. And she's like, no, you didn't. Thanks. And then he's like, but are you really happy? Like, is he really making you happy? You don't look happy. And she's like, hey, um, I'm not having this conversation with you. And so she doesn't even go pee. She just goes back to the table. And that night, Lena and Aaron are like in their room together. And so she finally admits like what happened with Daniel. So he was her physics professor and she took his class for a year, like two semesters. And then they were like kind of into each other the whole time, but they didn't officially date until she was done with his class. But rumors spread very quickly that Lena seduced her professor for good grades and Daniel broke up with her because of it. And she was so... So mortified that she literally left the country when she graduated and she <laughs> Spain just simply States. was not big enough for this burden to bear. And so she moved to the United States. Which, I mean, it's, it's not that big of a country. So I, I would flee the country for less. So I get it. <laughs> Same. And I have, and I will just, and kidding. I, and I'll do it again. Um, so the wedding reception Okay, so we're at the wedding. Beautiful wedding. Everything goes off without a hitch. The wedding happens in, like, two pages. <laughs> it is, like, this super hyped-up event that it happens. And mm-hmm. so at the wedding reception, um, there's a kiss cam. And it, of course, lands on Lena and Aaron. And she gets super flustered because she does not want their first kiss to be in front of everybody. She's like, my God, how revolting. <laughs> Um, and luckily, the camera just moves on to her parents. And so Aaron takes her somewhere private. And they're, like, out by this ivy-covered wall. It's giving, like, Princess Diaries vibes. Oh. And um, they have their first kiss, which starts off super sweet, but quickly turns saucy, but also strange. Um, <laughs> like, borderline <laughs> uncomfortable. And they finally get back to their room. And that night, they finally sleep together with some really cringy dirty talk yeah i mean everything about it is is just there is a 20 year old condom involved in some terrible (laughs) dirty talk (laughs) so they fly home um because the wedding happened it's over okay they leave and no one cares (laughs) yeah they're like congrats so aaron when they get back home Aaron asks Lena to stay with him at his apartment. And so she does. And they agree that like when they go back to work, they can just talk to HR and they can disclose their relationship and explore whatever this is that they want to explore. So Aaron tells Lena that he's had feelings for her for a long time now. And she's like super into it. But like while they're out one day, they happen to like see Gerald. Uh, they're getting street tacos, I guess, like these super hyped up fish tacos throughout this book. <laughs> um, and they saw oh. Gerald. And I don't so, know if it. I think it was someone else who told Gerald. Oh, it was one of Gerald's direct reports who saw them and told Gerald. Yeah, that but they were, they were just innocently on a date. Like, yes, getting fish tacos, getting food. It's but not back like in- they were having sex in an alley. 
they were having it on the table at the fish taco <laughs> truck. Um, and so anyway, back at work, Gerald has the nerve to immediately be like an asshole. And he accuses Lena of seducing Aaron to get advantages in the workplace. Um, and so Lena stands up for herself, but she is really affected by these accusations because of, you know, all the shit that went down with Daniel. It's giving her flashbacks. She's like, um, I cannot flee two countries in like, my short lifetime. I don't lifetime. think Canada will take me. I don't know. <laughs> um <laughs> And so Aaron comes in and and to figure out what's going on. And Lena is so bothered by it all that she thinks it might be better to quit her job. (laughs) Yes. She's a quitter. She is like a... She needs new coping mechanisms. She is a a flight risk is what she is. Aaron, I think it would be best if I just quit and move. If I just quit my job and I'm going to Puerto Vallarta. So I'll see you later. Um. (laughs) And so Aaron tells her that she can't do that. And then he tells her that he loves her after three days. Yeah. And like, oh, but whenever she was staying at the apartment. If he's loved her for longer than that. Right. (laughs) Because whenever they got back from Spain, they were staying at his apartment. She was teaching him some like um, words in Spanish and like a six letter word, a five letter word. And then he was like a four letter word. I'll earn my four letter word. And I was like, hey, Hey, but hey, you're not even like officially a couple. You uh, haven't disclosed this to HR yet. Like, calm <laughs> down, that. <laughs> so, anyway, after Aaron's declaration of love, Lena does distance herself for a few days. Um, understandable. And so, after a few days go by, she's like, you know, I think I also do love him because I miss him a lot. So she wants to go see him again, but she can't find him. And she ends up talking to Sharon from HR. Uh, We love Sharon. And Sharon's like, yeah, that's all fine and good that you guys like want to date. That's fine. But like you should file a formal complaint against Gerald because of all of his harassment. Um, And And also it's happened to other people. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, we need to take this man down. And so uh, she's like, hey, Sharon, do you know where Aaron is? And she's like, yeah, actually, he had to fly home to see his dad because his dad has cancer and he's like deathly ill in the hospital. And I don't think you're allowed to disclose that, <laughs> to be completely fair. Like, bad on you, Sharon. That's not very HR. You at least shouldn't. Like, that's really personal. Like, I, I don't think you can say that. I'm not sure. Um. So Lena is like devastated that Aaron felt he couldn't share this with her because of how open and loving and receptive that she has been to him. Um, and like how clearly she's she's given him nothing but green lights. She didn't push him away multiple times and call him names at work. Um, and so she buys a ticket to the other side of, of the country. She just goes to every single hospital. (laughs) I don't know. She finds them at some point. And somehow, like, she finds the worst front desk person. Like, yeah, Mr. Blackbird is here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, his room number is. (laughs) He can't be doing that. Um, And so she tells him that she wants to, basically, she sits on his lap in this hospital, like, (laughs) on mauling this man in the cancer ward of a hospital, um, where people are quietly mourning their loved ones. She's like, what can I say? He's a hottie. She was like, I flew across the country for you, and I want to be with you, and (laughs) I'm so sad that you couldn't tell me that your father is terminally ill. I've known you for two whole weeks. What the hell, Erin? And so, 
when his father is finally awake enough, he was like, I would love for you to meet my dad and have him meet my future <laughs> My bride. dad would love nothing more than a strange woman in to come his into his room. Two right minutes now. of lucidity <laughs> to meet this stranger and introduces Lena as the woman that he'd like to spend the rest of his life with. And at this point, like this is also the first time he's seen his father in like years yeah anyways (laughs) you guys you you understand you Um, should read the book it's really good (laughs) so the that's the end by the way because the epilogue takes place one year later (laughs) yeah that's it (laughs) and at work it turns out gerald has quit not been fired i guess and rosie paid with leave or yeah, he's, he's um, just, like walk out leave with pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Do be like that in real life. So Rosie was actually promoted um, to his position, which we love. And then Aaron and Lena, they're leaving work um, because they're about to have a family vacation. So Lena's family is actually flying to the U.S. to stay in a vacation home altogether. Um, Aaron's dad has recovered from his time in the hospital and the relationship has been patched up, but he does still have active cancer. Uh, so they, at this point, they kind of expect him to have another year of life left. And then the book ends with Aaron, like telling Lena that no matter what life throws their way, they have each other. So they're going to be all right. The end. This was the most disjointed book I've ever read in my life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it bounced around so many times. It was everything but the kitchen sink in terms of popular tropes. They weren't even well done. We we will definitely get into the specifics of those. And I will say, I am a sucker as well for some popular tropes. I love me some popular tropes. Pick one. Pick two Um, at most. Yeah. Pick one or two and and actually see them through. Uh, I think that would be better. It would make for a, a more cohesive story. And yeah, just. And we didn't do that here. I know that she she's probably not listening to this podcast, but just that's kind of what I was uh, thinking. Elena, are you open to constructive feedback? <laughs> and I mean it. I mean it so like genuinely because there were so many aspects of this book that I did enjoy. So um, speaking of, what would you rate it? The first time I read it, I would have given it a nine out of 10. Mm -hmm. I was into this book. I also think maybe mentally I was not in a good place. And so after the second read through, probably like a seven out of 10, Mm -hmm. maybe like 6.8. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like that goes back to, though, what I was saying about, like, sometimes you're just in the mood for something like this, mm-hmm. where it feels very... Upbeat. It was also one of the very first rom-com books I've ever read. And so, like, I was mm-hmm. coming straight off of Akatar, like, Throne of Glass. And, okay. Like, I had just read It Happened One Summer by Tessa Bailey. And I was like, yeah, Ooh. let's keep this rom-com train a, a roll in. Yeah. And so this is, like, the second ever rom-com book I've ever read. And I do, like, that totally makes sense. Because I do love rom-coms. They're an absolute vibe. Especially, like, on the days where I'm feeling like, like, I need, like, a mood lifter, you know? Yeah, and it definitely did that. fluffy. Yeah, it is that. I agree. Um, I read it in a day, and that's great. Oh, yeah, same. And uh, there are 
many things I did like about this book, like I said. So I also would rate it about a seven out of 10. Cause to me, it's like, I liked it, but it was like average. Yeah. Um, I've read better since then. Oh, yes, I have. And I think that um, even Elena Armas, like the more that she writes, I think she's obviously going to get even better at writing. So I I have hopes for the future yeah. books by her. And overall, I did just feel like it was long winded and could have benefited from some trimming. Maybe an um, edit or two. Yes, be- especially the beginning. Oh, the beginning was the hardest part for me to get through. Once I got to Spain, it was a, you know. But they didn't get to Spain until like halfway through the the end of the book. Like the first half of it, you're just like, I don't think I know what's quite going on here. Yeah, you're you're completely right. And so much of it was like her literally acting like a child, like a middle schooler. Yeah. And like Like, running from the room. Um, And it's like, that doesn't really match up character wise to her being like a super professional like boss job yeah so it's like that was disjointed there's a lot more that's disjointed um so let's get into the characters let's do it we'll start with lena Mm -hmm. um she was funny sometimes she is funny yeah i I liked her inner monologue yes she had like a very fun like inner monologue that reminds me kind of of my own where it's just like very chaotic and literally like has has a comeback for everything like I I have learned to watch my mouth as I've gotten older um (laughs) you know you used to get in trouble (laughs) you get in trouble (laughs) too many times in your ninth grade literature class you sit in the hallway uh, one too many times (laughs) (laughs) because I was a good kid but um, yeah, so I am always like, I have a comeback for everything. And sometimes you just don't need to say it out loud. And I feel like, yeah, Lena has that down too. She doesn't say a lot of it out loud, but um, she has very so. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't, I don't know. Like in terms of a female main character, like I do like the wit, but I hate it when like they are like the world is against me type yeah vibes and I kind of think that's how she was to begin with like just everything and anything this man could and I get it she felt like she had been done wrong and she maybe was like the conversation she'd overheard I don't know she's so whiny it was a bad first impression and had she like confronted him about that and like given him the chance to to like own up to it but she didn't um, and I get that that would be really uncomfortable and it's easier said than done. But like, if you hear someone say something rude about you and they don't think that you heard it, freaking call them out. Be like, hey, I literally Inter- overheard that. Internalize that and move on because some people are not nice in your adult life. <laughs> That's true too. But if you do like feel like, hey, I could give them a chance, um, you should definitely give them the chance to own up to it. Maybe he had a really bad day. Uh so I don't he think also, it's right. I think it's just like rude, but. painfully like socially stunted somehow. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird for her to be like so mad at it a year for later. For so long. Again, with her character, like they made it seem like she's so good at her job, but she's like underappreciated at work. And like they give her all this like stuff that's not actually part of her job description and blah, blah, blah. 
But like, I guess my issue with it is then comparing that to how she acts like socially, because she seems like she has the maturity again of like a 14. Like a, like a doormat. And so I'm just like, how? And also she was like supposedly a really good student in college and stuff too. But then she does things like starve herself for her sister's wedding. So she's That's in four weeks. <laughs> and it's just like those things, like they don't really go together for me in my brain. And, but maybe I'm trying to make her too much of a caricature of a person. I don't know. Then we have Aaron. Sweet, sweet Aaron. So Aaron <laughs> gave me like, what's his name? Adam Carlson vibes from mm-hmm. Love the Love Hypothesis. Yeah. And I almost feel like Elena Armas took a page out of Allie Hazelwood's uh, book of weird men mm-hmm. because she kind of does the same thing where she will create like this Adonis of a man like just classically attractive dark hair you know whatever but they just are the fucking weirdest people you will ever meet and like don't have like a romantic bone in their body and like yeah or they do but it's just like so cringy like it's so like it comes out at the weirdest times yeah man and they say the weirdest stuff it's like god dude like (laughs) yeah you were so close like you were so close like saying the perfect thing but like you just had to like go and just be yourself and ruined it yeah and it is like it's really funny because like adam carlson like let me put your entire right boob in my mouth (laughs) (laughs) oh never forget but it's like they have like that one moment where they're like finally gonna sleep together and and then they just like they come out like they've been watching the weirdest fucking pornos. They have been watching like like homemade porn on Pornhub. Like yeah, and they're like yeah, I don't really like sleep with anyone. I I haven't slept with anyone in a really long time. But then they act like that, and it's like either you're <laughs> lying or no, you're not lying. You're not lying. You maybe haven't because you keep saying shit like that to women, and they're like, I can't do this, and. <laughs> It's like, I just have a hard time believing that he's like this college athlete. Like he looks like that. And like, you don't sleep with women. I mean, I guess. I guess. It just, it's like wild to me. Like, it's not typical. I'll say it is it's not like typical. your nerdy, like that's like the rom-com office man though. Cause like I said, it's how Adam Carlson is. It's how, um, our man Aaron is. It's how like all of Allie Hazelwood's like other main male characters are like that is just like the thing and like women on book talk eat that shit up yeah that doesn't make the character more attractive to me personally um but i think it's so strange for some people yeah it is interesting but i do i really think aaron he's obviously hot like the soccer game he was he was kicking ass and taking names he was doing it all shirtless um oh, i'm not wearing him. clothes Good yeah for you, Aaron. yeah and lena like walked out she was like getting ready for bed and he didn't have a shirt on because he was just gonna sleep in pants and she was drooling her jaw hit the floor so he's obviously beautiful he's got that going for him i feel like their whole relationship like 
it started off with them like really like starting to develop something like opening up to each other being vulnerable and then like the entire second half of it like whenever they slept together finally like you lost all of that connection and it's like they he only wanted to bang her yeah but he wants to bang her for life so isn't that romantic how romantic but like there was no other just like relationship building aspects to that. It's just like, yeah, we slept they, together once and like I want you to move in now. All that they did to like decide they wanted to be together forever is step one, they finally got comfortable enough where they trauma dumped on each other. Mm-hmm. And then step two, they just had some really weird, dirty sex. And they were like, you're it with for me, baby. an ancient Egyptian condom. Yeah, with a condom that was taken from the museum archives. How unrealistic. It's a condom that Aaron got, like, when they were handing out free condoms in junior In college. Then <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I've been saving this for a rainy day. <laughs> for someone special. <laughs> but I wanted this to be with the that one special someone, and that's you, baby. Also, the amount of times he calls her baby, like, unironically, (laughs) I'm just like, oh, oh, say something else every once in a while. My my sweet, sweet baby. Yeah, like, I'm okay with, like, baby unironically on occasion. I think it's cute sprinkled in. Like, I love that, especially if you have, like, a character who, like, historically has not been, like, overly affectionate. Yeah. And, like, they, like, accidentally call them baby. Love that shit. But, like, when you overuse it like that, it's just, like, God, you sound like the people I hate on TikTok. You sound like... like, um, Baby! uh, Oh, yeah, that. And uh, also, uh, what's it? 365 days. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Are you lost, BB girl? Yeah, exactly. They're coming out the second one. We are watching it. Oh, of course I'll be watching. I'll be watching oh all of them. God. Anyway, um, so some stuff that we like, because we didn't hate the whole book. There were right. some things that, there was some stuff we enjoyed about this. Um, One thing that I really liked was her family. Mm-hmm. Her family was such, like, a, a bright spot of joy in this entire book. And, like, I think it was very refreshing. And you got to see, like, how, lo- like, loving of a, a family she had in her upbringing. And I think Aaron really just, like, clung on to that. And I think that was a big reason for why he's like, <laughs> yeah, bring me on in. Like, let's get married tomorrow. Like, I he's need like, these people in my I life. I need a family. <laughs> he's like, I don't actually have one of those. Um, thank you. And he even says that too. He's like, yeah, I fucking love this shit. And yeah. so I, I loved her family. I, I love them so much. I do too. I especially, I, I think my favorite of her family members is Charo. Um, Charo's funny. I love her. She's just, she's hilarious. She's like unhinged. Mm, the perfect crazy. Amount, the perfect amount of unhinged. I thought she was a great comedic relief. Um, and there are so many things that like, Okay, because sometimes whenever um, Lena was, like, trying to be funny or quirky, like, it was the most cringy thing. Like, it was it was giving Disney adult. Yeah. Um, and then, like, obviously you can write someone who's, like, genuinely funny because you wrote Charo. So, like, why you got to do Lena like that? Right. I didn't like it. There was, like, one time that I say Disney adult. She straight up, like, he asked her how she was feeling 
when she had a hangover and she was like, like I got ran over by a stampede of like whatever is in the Lion King. Whatever killed Mufasa. Whatever killed Mufasa. I don't fucking know because I'm not a Disney adult and that's okay. Um, I am not ashamed. <laughs> and then Aaron's like, did you just reference a Disney movie? And then she like, they talk. She's like, oh my God, know. do you watch Disney movies? Like They're my like, fucking soulmate. So you're not like other girls. <laughs> Your hair tucked Yeah, behind. does the um, Demi <laughs> does the Demi Ryan. Demi and Ryan, that's who it is. I just did not like that. Um, so yeah, there's that. But one thing I did love about Lena's inner monologue, again, especially, is the bilingual narration. Yeah. And, of course, um, the author herself is bilingual, and it adds an extra layer of, like, authenticity to this character. It makes this character feel real because, like, whenever she has, um, like, more emotional thoughts, they're usually in her native language. And I just, I thought that was like so cute. It felt like I was watching like Jane the Virgin. Um, Love Jane the Virgin. (laughs) I do love Jane the Virgin. And it's like, for me, someone who is not fluent in Spanish, like I learned a lot too. So I just, I really liked that. It made her feel more like a real person. I'm a real girl. (laughs) Um, some things that we disliked about the book, and we've covered some already, so we won't repeat them. Um, the auction was personally one of my least favorite, like, chapters or, like, sections of the book. Just because, like, obviously, like, Aaron needed a way to, like, make this deal seem like he was also benefiting from it. But, like, first of all, I think it's weird that every year he's just part of, like, this male auction. Yeah. Um, Just going on a random date with someone. They, like, introduce so many characters in this, like, part of the book that we never hear from again. Like, mm-hmm. his weird-ass friend um, who is, like, all up in Elena's business. And he's like, I'd love to take you home if this stick in the mud won't. And it's like, why was that necessary? Yeah. Inappropriate. Especially if you think she's on a date with your your good friend. Didn't love it. And then she's like, we never talk about this again. It was, like, weird because it was used as a tool to bring up the fact that he played college football. And then he, like, his mom is dead and mm-hmm. his dad is, like, dying. Dying. <laughs> and it's like, well, why couldn't we have done that in another way? Like, why couldn't you have been a date to someone else's wedding? Or, like, um, right. like I don't know, another charity event that didn't involve him being auctioned off. Like a male prostitute. Um also, like, do you think it's, like, super weird how they, like, show up to his apartment and it's, like, fucking baller? And he's like, oh, yeah, my mom was, like, the heiress to a multi-million dollar old money family. And it's just like, okay. There's a lot that's weird and, like, didn't need to exist in the book. So, yes, I do like, think I'm weird. glad. To- is that reassurance to me as the reader that he will be able to financially provide for her? But the thing is, she's, like, a boss babe or whatever. So. Yeah, it's like, I feel like you guys are probably doing, like, okay. Yeah. And then also another thing, like, that it was, like, adjacent to that scene that I thought was stupid is, like, whenever he shows up to her apartment, he's like, okay, I'll pick you up at 7 sharp or whatever. And he, like, comes to pick her up, and she's not dressed. She's in a robe. And it's like, hey. He told you. (laughs) Are you trying to be annoying? Because that's really annoying. Additionally, 
we've talked about like things being kind of disjointed, but especially there was no smooth transition from them being supposed enemies to friends to then lovers. Um, It was like all of a sudden they trauma dumped and they were trauma bonded and, and now they're they, getting married. They were trauma banging as well. And <laughs> the the three trauma bees, trauma, <laughs> trauma barf, trauma bond, trauma bang. That's correct. Um, and then like just the whole thing with honestly with like her ex with Aaron's dad with their relationship, it was all rushed. And so like with her ex, like they built up like this whole sense of like. I don't like mysteriousness um, because yeah. it's like, Oh, why did this lady come to America? And like, she's like, Oh, my ex, I can't even talk about him. And then we finally meet him. And he has like this piece of shit, like kind of ugly. And <laughs> he's like, I'd love to take you back. And she's like, no, and that's it. What I also thought was weird about that is she acted like she had to flee the country. Like clearly no one would be on her side, but literally everyone was on her side, including Daniel's literal brother. Yeah. Daniel's own brother is like, no, Daniel, you fucked up. Um, Which her sister is marrying. Yes. Yes. That's the groom. Um, So I don't know why she was so weird about it. Like literally everyone was like, no, like. I think she was just young and dramatic. (laughs) She is dramatic. That is very true. Um. We also didn't really get a whole lot of things with them, like, being office rivals. Like, all no. we knew is that there was one, like, Aaron said this one thing that pissed her off. And ever since, she literally will flee the room when he comes in. Like, that's it. And, like, enemies to lovers office romances, that is, like, my bread and butter. That is the shit I eat up. I love a good office romance. And, oh, like, yeah. it was done poorly. Yeah, it was done really poorly. I was disappointed. Um, the dirty talk, I would give it like a two out of ten <laughs> for the entire book. Um, anytime, I don't, I, I don't want to read this, but I will for you as listeners. Anytime <laughs> a man like who unprovoked says milk my cock should go to jail and like there's a time and a place there's not there's not a time or a place for that i don't love that you phrase and like to say it it was so wildly unprompted like there was not a whole lot else like going on like to where he was you know even kind of hinting at that type of dirty talk and then he just busts that bad dad out and it's like damn you didn't build me up or nothing it's definitely not the one to lead with I'll, i was I'll tell you that was a jump scare aaron <laughs> trigger warning um so <laughs> we also I feel like we did kind of mention as it was weird and immature for her to be starving herself. Um my thing is it's not like she had an eating disorder. She just chose to lose weight by casually starving herself for a week. She's um, like I'm going to try this. Yeah, she's like have you heard of this new diet? It is called not anorexia. <laughs> um yeah, so not not okay for her to like make that decision um but then again like her being unconscious for like 30 minutes also really concerning maybe you're a diabetic (laughs) then they just like pretend like it didn't happen like Aaron was like why aren't you eating and she was like it's like why are you here right now Aaron (laughs) yeah she let me why why are you here 
<laughs> I know what I'm doing, but like, <laughs> I know I'm starving myself and working on this freaking party planning. What are you doing? What? <laughs> what are you doing? Step bro. <laughs> um, and the biggest, like, what the fuck out of this entire book is, or I would really say the biggest warning to all you young single ladies out there, <laughs> if a stranger, a, a perfect stranger, like, you've had one interaction total with this man, insists on taking you out of the country to your cousin's wedding, say no. Yeah. Say no. Maybe go on a date first. Like, maybe, like, look at his apartment once or twice with friends, other people there. Don't. Don't go out of well, country yeah. with a man you don't know. For sure. Um, especially whenever he's been like, like adamant. Yeah, he's like, no, I'm I'm taking you to Spain. You and me against the world. Um, agree. You want to get married tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. He, and then that's exactly what happened. They got back and he was like, Yeah, um, we're marrying each other now. So I agree. That is a very fair, like, it wasn't even like, um, in the proposal, literally they know each other. Like he, uh, Ryan Reynolds is Sandra Bullock's assistant. Like they know each other for years. Like they, it makes sense to Alaska together on a plane. Yeah. That makes sense. You don't like this man that you've like declared Satan who you hate because he said something rude to you. Um, insists on taking you out of the country i don't like that no i don't like it i don't yeah. like it really uh, yeah they i feel like it it would have made more sense if they had more interactions as rivals for sure, for sure. like yeah or if it's like they were friends that turn enemies that turn back to friends that became lovers absolutely oh that would be even better absolutely yeah that's like the perfect but even scenario. if they didn't start off as friends as long as they were actually like having interactions with each other outside of the workplace and like you didn't go to like a male <laughs> prostitution show with him once and then was like <laughs> you didn't purchase his company for the evening and commit a, a crime um, but it's, it's fine Anyways, so we're going to kind of dive into the tropes that exist in this book. Um, So, of course, there's enemies to lovers. Um, I put enemies in quotes because really they were just like a couple people who didn't like each other. Um, They did did not have much interaction and she just didn't like him because he was arrogant. And so that made them enemies, question mark. So, yeah didn't love that one it was it was very half-assed and it was like kind of the main like setup for the book so if if you're gonna half-ass anything it should not have been that specific trope the fake dating trope was a big one obviously um I typically love the fake dating trope I I think that's hilarious it's always funny and like something bad always happens and it's the best and like I mean it was fine but it's just like they were fake dating for like two seconds, mm-hmm. like in their office. They went like, on two fake dates together. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> the first one nobody even knew about it. Yeah, like that. There was no point, and like I get like they needed it for her family's wedding and whatever. But then it's like they just so quickly, like like so quickly fell in love. Yeah, like it wasn't even like, like I okay. despise this. And it's like no, this is all right. Right, the whole time she was just lukewarm about it, and like let's just say. Let's just imagine that the wedding portion was a larger portion of the novel and it was more spread out. 
I think even that would have been a better use of your, of the time that we had in the story, because like, that's when they were like officially like fake dating because they Mm -hmm. were like putting on an act in front of her family. And so for that to be like, basically the shortest part of the book. Yeah. I think it, it really like kind of self-sabotaged what could have been so much better. I agree. Um, the one bed trope, I do also love the one. They bed actually trope. did that one really well. Uh, this one, one yeah, nailed it because there wasn't always one bed. There was another bed for Aaron to stand, but he literally broke it. I think he did it on purpose too. Oh yeah. He's like, I could sit on that and smash it to pieces. He's like, absolutely. I know for a fact, if I bring her down with me onto this, it is going to break. <laughs> I'll add that extra 80 pounds because she's apparently a tiny, tiny, tiny little thing. But yeah, the amazing. one is amazing. I loved it. It's perfect. Great job on that one. Um, another one was the miscommunication trope, which is like up there with the pregnancy trope with me. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. This one was not well done either. Um, because yeah. the whole book was just one giant miscommunication, like to the bitter end. Um, <laughs> we like till we she through till she shows up in Seattle and goes through 50 hospitals finding the man of her dreams was their miscommunication mm-hmm. and like we said it's just the whole thing started with a conversation that she most likely misconstrued she didn't even hear the whole thing and like ends with her being like yeah i'm quitting my job because this man was mean to me like in like all in between was just a whole bunch of nonsense yeah there there were miscommunications throughout about, about the miscommunications thing. yeah it was very frustrating and even though Aaron was actually um after a certain point was actually communicating with her and was like no like I I straight up want to be with you and I have for a while and like, she, I wonder if he's so pretending I think that yeah we're just acting still and he's really good <laughs> He's really good. He's really committed. And yeah, she's kind of dense. <laughs> she's a bit, she's a little dumb. It's like you're in a room by yourself and he's like telling you that. Like he ain't, <laughs> he ain't pretending. She's like, yeah, well, he, he doesn't, doesn't have to do that. She's a great character even for a second. Like, wow, the camera's always he rolling. Just don't quit. <laughs> so, so that was yeah. frustrating. <laughs> frustrating to read. Um, but that kind of like wraps up the book. <laughs> so, like I said, not the worst thing I've ever read. Definitely not the best. Um, she is coming up with a sequel to this story, and it's called the American Roommate Experiment, and it does come out, I believe, in September. Um, which Ooh. will be about Rosie and surprise, her cousin Luca, who she said she wanted to date. Yeah, and they're like, no, he's a loser. But yeah, we will be reading that book. And I will be reading it. <laughs> doing an episode about that. And we can kind of compare like the the progress. But join us next week. So next week's going to be one of the last episodes for a couple weeks because I'm getting married. Yay! Um, so join us next week as we do another Goodreads Bad Reviews for the Shadow and Bone series by Lee Bardugo. I am so stoked excited to read the one-star reviews for this book i'm we've considered writing our own 
Yeah. Uh, and I will. <laughs> and I will be posting it. <laughs> we will be going into our our hiatus on a high note because this episode, you guys don't want to miss this one. If we anything, if anything else, listen to Goodreads Bad Reviews for Shadow and Bone. I'm so excited. I'm as excited for that as I am for your wedding. (laughs) Me too. It's going to be so good. Um, But we will return again on September 12th, um, where we will be covering It Happened One Summer by Tessa Bailey, which is one of my all-time favorite rom-com novels. It's so Uh, We're starting off the Bellinger Sisters series. It will be followed by Hook, Line, and Sinker. Um, So we'll be covering both, but just a little bit of a break in between. Yeah, and I do want to say that when we come back from that break on September 12th, we will officially be the Sisters sisters Warden. (laughs) That is correct. So, yes, we've been lying to you all up until this point. We're actually not related yet. (laughs) Um, But we will be soon. (laughs) And I'm very excited. And I am so excited for the the next few episodes that we have planned. And then also in October, we are planning to do some spooky installments. Super spooky installments all month long. Yes, everyone's looking forward to Spooktober. And uh, we will see you next week with our mini-sode. And as always, let's get lit.